A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to a following on special podcast from Talk Sport, where in Granada, after the water, came the fire. I hope he just said, look, just have a swing and enjoy it. And he has had a push at this one and he's missed it and he's stopped. And Adil Rashid has completed an astonishing end to this game with a Shane Thomas stumped first ball. Adil Rashid has taken four wickets in the over. To finish with figures of five for 85. What an incredible end to the game. What an incredible game from start to finish, if truth be told. The West Indies have gone from 389 for six to 389 all out. With the team spending their day leisurely crossing the Caribbean back to St Lucia, it's a chance today to listen back to the mid-innings interval where the Suns' John Etheridge and Guardians' Ali Martin popped in to discuss some of the biggest stories in cricket with Neil Manthorpe. Take a listen, enjoy, and if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. joined to uh, talk through some of the big stories in uh, the world of cricket at the moment by John Etheridge of The Sun and uh, Ali Martin from The Guardian. But first of all, gents, we're lucky enough to, to be covering cricket in the era that we are. We've probably seen some of the most exciting batting of all time. But where does that one go down? You've seen uh, a lot of A.B. de Villiers. I've seen even more of him. Probably the two most breathtaking, explosive batsmen in the world. But, um, that <laughs> wow, John Etheridge, what, have you seen better? More exciting? No, I mean, I think you went from 50 to 150 in 30 balls. Butler, I mean, under normal circumstances, the innings by Owen Morgan and Alex Hales would be topping the bill, wouldn't they? But uh, Butler was something special. He just generates such astonishing bat speed and power. I mean, he's, not a, he's obviously a strong man, but he's not massive man in the way that say Chris Gayle is but he can hit the ball as hard as anybody he, he really is freakish 
Ali, 78 ball. Well, he was out to the 70th ball, 78th ball. So 150 in 77 balls, 13 fours, 12 sixes. It was just ridiculous hitting, wasn't it? But it, the thing about Josh Butler is it's it's not just the power. It's the way he's able to snap those wrists and manipulate the ball to wherever he wants it to go. Um, and we've also seen a world record number of sixes here in an innings, haven't we? That, that world record didn't last that long, did it? <laughs> um, one thing that I'm sure you this wouldn't have escaped you but at one point he hit 10 consecutive boundaries 48 six fours and four sixes 10 boundaries in a row I mean yeah just absolutely breathtaking stuff um, is he peaked too soon? <laughs> well I hope I mean it's certainly from England's point of view you know to have their I suppose the most explosive player in prime form the captain in good form made 100 and he's on a, a very strong sequence of scores in one day international cricket so at the moment things are looking good for England obviously a, a poor performance really poor chase the other day but uh, by and large, they're posting huge totals. It's, it's just the latest chapter in this four-year incredible reinvention by this England team. Think back to the 2015 World Cup. They were hopeless. And now they are just blazing a trail and they're setting the standard for the rest of the world to catch up. I don't know if the rest of the world's got time, if there's going to be flat pitches at the World Cup this summer. Uh, 2015 World Cup, England get knocked out by Bangladesh. Um, and... I remember a lot of people. I, took, I kept quiet, it was not my business or place, but a lot of people said this is the all-time low point of English one-day cricket. Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of lows in, in the World Cup over the years, haven't there? But that was, that was very poor. I mean, in fairness to England or Andrew Strauss, who was in charge at the time, he kept faith with Owen Morgan as, as captain. He, he changed the coach, Peter Moores went, and uh, Paul Farbrace came in as interim, and then obviously Trevor Bailey as head coach. And they've just raised the ceiling. There is no limit, really, I think, in terms of um, encouraging the batsmen in particular to play with just total freedom and total aggression. And, and you know, if they, if they get out attempting a big hit or something aggressive, there are no repercussions. So I think uh, the sort of the the feeling in the dressing room is just go out and express yourself and just blaze away and go hard and keep going hard. Right, gents. England have made 418 for six, their third highest score in one day internationals, the eighth highest of all time, 418 for six. Joss Butler making 150, Owen Morgan 103, and Alex Hales 82. There are two or three pressing stories um, in and around the world of cricket. I'm going to start with one that's way above all three of our pay scales. Um, it's not some, we're not war correspondents, um, we're cricket correspondents, but we can't ignore from a cricketing point of view what's happening in India and uh, Pakistan in and around the Kashmir region. Um, and we'll talk about it purely from a, from a cricketing perspective. Um, uh, it seems that we're in danger of trivialisation, making it a cricketing issue when there could be 100 million lives at stake. But uh, just from a cricketing point of view, I know that there may be some people who are not aware that uh, of the simmering tension between the two countries in and around the Kashmir border. There's been attacks uh, and lives have, have been lost. Now, from a cricketing point of view, with that fixture that's scheduled for Old Trafford, on June the 18th, 16th, between Pakistan and India. That's already in jeopardy during the World Cup. But there's, there is talk of India not turning up unless Pakistan is, is uninvited, if that's such a thing. If that were to happen, from a cricketing perspective, from a financial perspective, given that India is in charge of or generates 65 to 70% of the revenue of the global game, what would happen? Well... I mean, this is a World Cup which, is, which has kind of been designed with the um, Indian TV market in mind. You know, this extended group stage, 10 teams, one big group going through. To, 
it gets India, you know, nine group games guaranteed, which for the advertisers in the subcontinent is massive. We've, it's, I mean, we're here in the Caribbean right now. You only have to think back to the 2007 World Cup when India went out at the initial group stage and the impact that had on advertising revenues. They lost a huge amount of money on that World Cup. So no India, no World Cup is, is not an understatement. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you say, I wouldn't remotely claim to understand the complexities of the Kashmir situation. Um, it's clearly very tense. I, I heard the Foreign Secretary uh, a couple of hours ago, the, the UK Foreign Secretary, you know, expressing the UK's concern about uh, what's happening over there. But uh, yeah, I mean, purely from a cricketing point of view, you obviously hope that the, uh, the tournament goes ahead with all the teams taking part. I mean, Imran Khan, you know, is the Prime Minister of Pakistan. I mean, he obviously faces a situation now that is far more pressurised and complex and, than anything he faced in cricket. But uh, that is right, the, the whole format of the competition was really based on giving India a minimum number of games, nine on this occasion, perhaps more if they reach the semi-finals, because in 2007 they were eliminated after just a couple of games, and uh, that sort of skewed the, the TV market and uh, over in the subcontinent. So it's a very complex and delicate situation, and I suppose all we can do is hope that it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no significant mm. loss of life, uh, and the tournament goes ahead with, with all teams taking part. Right, on to a matter of uh, equal complexity, but infinitely less importance, but uh, one that uh, we are qualified to get our teeth stuck into and, and mull over and discuss is the recent signing of another Colpac player from South Africa, the 41st South African to sign a Colpac contract since Colpac uh, arrangement came into place. South African fast bowler Dwan Olafia signed on a three-year deal by Yorkshire, giving up a potentially exciting international career, which saw him, at the age of 26, take 48 wickets in 10 test matches, an average of 19. So, very, very exciting. It's um, certainly dividing opinion back in South Africa. Uh, but but for, uh, you, you must be sick to death of this situation. Uh, I, I think the reason why this particular one will stick in the craw is his age. He's, the guy's 26. He's just had a breakthrough home summer in South Africa. And we obviously, we follow the England team predominantly. We, we always keep up to date with scores from around the world. And, and, and Olivier against Pakistan in particular, we saw that, that, that he was making that breakthrough into international cricket. He'd finally made the step up. You know, he took, he took 11 wickets at Pretoria, didn't he, in, in, in the first test there. So... With Dale Stain at 34, a slightly fading, you know, he, he battling against his body that's been rebelling for the last couple of years. Vernon Philander's only a couple of year, a year or so younger, isn't he? You looked at Olivier and thought, well, if he and uh, Kahiza Rabada and Lungi and Gidi, they were the, they looked like the future Proteas attack in the making there, uh, to sort of take over the baton from from the older guard when they stepped down. Obviously, Mornay Morkel has already has already left at, at 33 to take a coal pack deal. So to see a guy sort of be wrenched out of international cricket feel that he has to uh, go into county cricket and go into international seclusion uh, to pick up what I understand is nearly three times what he'd earn playing for South Africa it just shows what a skewed landscape it is for the for the for the the different cricketing nations and for the players and it's it's pretty concerning to be honest and from a Yorkshire perspective as well, you, you find it a little bit baffling. Beautifully put, Ali. Very reminiscent of the article you've just written in The Guardian on the subject. Um, which, uh, uh, But you're absolutely right. Uh, um, sticks in the craw. That's what the phrase that, that Ali used, John. Um, Kevin Peterson, your old friend, has just tweeted recently that um, in vehement defence of Olivia, saying, just compare it to business, what businessman wouldn't move for that 
changing circumstances. Yeah, I saw that tweet. He said you know, a sportsman goes to the highest bidder. It's like any other job. And uh, I know some of the journalists in, in South Africa were saying similar things. Alternatively, Albi Morkel, I noticed, was, was against the, the move. I mean, I've never played cricket for my country, but I would have thought that uh, the feeling of patriotism and pride in representing a country should override financial considerations. It's easy to say that perhaps for the England guys who are well paid and that sort of stuff, but but I, I do think that you know, the, you know cricket South Africa invests a lot of time and probably money and effort into Olivier, and uh, he's just had this breakthrough series. He, he bowled really quick against Pakistan. The Pakistan batsmen didn't really fancy him. He bowled lots of bounces and he bounced quite a few of them out. But I would have thought that regardless of, of, of money and I don't know, he's, has he got, does he have a family? Would you know that? Young family. Young family. So I mean that's a consideration. But I would have thought that. Playing for your country, the pride in doing that, and the prestige, uh, and the, you know, the opportunity really to go into in his, the history of your of your of your you know your country's sporting landscape should override how much money. John, if you were governor of the Bank of England and the Royal Bank of Canada came to you and said offered you three times as much money, would you take it? Well, I'm not sure. Being governor of the I mean, the governor of the Bank of England is well. You is, said is, you're working for your country. Well, the bank, as it happens, the governor of the Bank of England is, is Canadian at the moment, but. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm not sure being the governor of the Bank of England is, is a fair parallel to playing sport for your, for your country. But uh, if, if I was in that position, it might well be that I, that I would stay with the Bank of England rather than go to the Bank of Canada or, or, or any other country. But I would have thought that playing for your country overrides most things, certainly those in terms of finance and, 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 and bank balance. For me, I think I find it less about the player. I find it more about the, the, the situation that's led the player to make this decision. Um, and clearly the economics are so skewed against South Africa at the moment. And there are, there are other factors that play in South Africa, of course, as well. You have a, a, a quota system that requires a, uh, there to be six players of, uh, of colour in a team, and uh, of, of which two have to be black African. So it's for, for a player like Olivier, who is clearly going to be weighing up uh, the money side of it, his opportunities in the future as well, um, and then to, to have English county cricket, which is of course Yorkshire receive 1.8 million a year from the ECB. That money is now being put towards luring a player out of international cricket uh, and onto the field at Headingley, and that, that, that just doesn't feel right. And it, it, it's quite strange to see Yorkshire doing it as well because there's a, there's a slightly short-term expediency here that. I mean, look, look back at their history. They were the, they took so you had to be born in Yorkshire up until '92 to even play for the club. Uh, they were the last club to vote in overseas players uh, to allow them to come into their team. And now, I mean, they obviously had Jack Rudolph in, in 2007, which is a similar you know similar age, a similar point in his career. So it's not unprecedented from that point of view. But it just it, it, I find it strange, especially from a club that Yorkshire, which you, always likes to project itself as you know having a sort of higher standards for the game. John, I just need to push you on this, um, and you can give me a short answer if you like, but why should sportsmen, why is playing sport different? To, well, I mean, sportsmen will say, hang on, why, why should we be treated any differently? Somebody offers us three times more money to, to go and do the job elsewhere. Why, why? Well, they have the opportunity to, to get significant sums of money in 2020 leagues around the world. That, that's the way of perhaps getting much, you know, extra money, and certainly some of the South Africans Chris Morris, for example, has made, made plenty of money from the IPL, hasn't he? And obviously De Villiers and, and all those guys. But I just think, perhaps I'm naive, old school, but I just think playing sport for your country should be something that fills you with unbelievable pride and prestige and joy for, you, for all the people who have helped along the way, your family, your parents, and your, all, all your friends, just your colleagues, everybody. 
and suddenly you, you do really well, your profile and I suppose um, sellability increases on the back of one or two good series, and suddenly he's he's gone. He, he played a, a test match four days ago. Let's be honest, guys. We have to wrap this up. Unfortunately, um, he's taken the easy option. He's taken the easy route. Well, I'm sure he? it's not that. He's, I'm sure he's you know he's anguished long and hard about it. I, I, I you know I, I'm slightly uh, uncomfortable with Yorkshire's position. Really, they've got Matthew Fish, they've got Ben Code, they've got a host of young up-and-coming steam bowlers. Some have had injuries and so on, but you know they're they're, they're clearly they've been pushed pushed back down the queue again. I, I know they've got rid of. Brooks and Plunkett, who are coming towards the end of their careers, I suppose. But you know, if you're a young um, Yorkshire seam bowler hoping to play some first-team games this coming summer, and suddenly they they hire an overseas quick bowler with no, you know, no obviously no affiliation with the county whatsoever, uh, you'd be a bit miffed, wouldn't you? He's taken the easy option, Ali Martin, hasn't he? Uh, it does. I mean, as John says, he, he will have agonised over this, and he will have balanced it up against you know the the, uh, the vitriol he's going to get in response to this but perhaps he's seen Kyle Abbott one of the sort of Colpacks before him where that's died down over time and he's you know ploughed on with his Hampshire career it's gone all quiet on that front if you can ride out the initial storm then um, then yeah you, you, you know you've, I guess he's <laughs> laughing all the way to the bank is one three times the cash guaranteed three year contract with the possibility of an extension thereafter no having to jostle for places in the national team he's taken the easy option guys um, what, last thing um, the honours board at Lords has now been doubled in well not there's two honors boards now they've put up an honors board for ladies as well so uh, and it will be backdated so every lady that's taken five wickets or scored a century the home of cricket shall now be honored uh, appropriately a, as the men have been it, it, it's a smart move and it's one that's long overdue mm-hmm. the barricades have come crashing down in what was only 20 30 years ago women weren't allowed in the pavilion so it's uh, it's great of course and, and it means that Anya Shrubshaw for example who heroically won the world cup for england she'll be on the honors board Thank you so much for your time. Heartfelt thanks to John Etheridge of The Sun and Ali Martin of The Guardian for uh, joining us during the lunch break. This has been a following on special. Tomorrow, Jared Kimber takes over in a country he knows very well indeed, St Lucia, ahead of the fifth and final ODI, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport 2. And to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe, either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.